Welcome to the Open House podcast site, available at openhousecommunity.com.au. I probably share an inner feeling buried deep until now, I guess, that I reckon is common to so many. Though I've spent more than three decades on the TV screen, I've always had that inner desire to jump out of my comfort zone and be an actor. I'm sure I'm far from alone. This is not a job application for my next guest, but considering that, it's a great treat to welcome her to Open House, someone who's spent 20 years as a much-loved character on an Aussie classic. Lynn McGranger plays Irene Roberts in Home and Away, a classic Aussie battler, mother, foster mother and carer. Irene is the longest-serving female character on the show. It'd be hard to imagine Home and Away without her, really. Jump back to Lynn McGranger. For her, it's a huge achievement, who's also a mum, wife, and an open book about her Christian faith. She sees her career as a blessing. And if you've heard interviews from other cast members, you'll realise the immense impact she's had on the lives of many. It's my great treat to say, Linda Granger, welcome to Open House. Oh, thank you so much, Lee. It <laughs> Lovely is a to great, see you. <laughs> great pleasure to be here. Good on you. 20 years. Are they writing you up as a veteran now? Oh, oh no. <laughs> That's a I'm scary a place to get to. slip of a thing. <laughs> uh, look, I'll let you in on a little secret. A, a um, journalist said to me, uh, maybe six months, a year ago now, said to me, do you know that if you're still on the show in a couple of years, you're going to be in the Guinness Book of Records? I went, oh, get out of here. Scary. At the moment, Kate Ritchie's there, but I'm creeping up on her. How long have you got? I think I've only got like another 18 months or something, and I'll take over Kate. And I said to him, well, I'm not going anywhere. Then I am (laughs) staying there. They're going to have to carry me out feet first. no small achievement. Take us back to when you auditioned for the role of Irene. Where were you in your life? What were you doing? And what did that role mean for you when you got it? Right. How long does this show go for? <laughs> it's quite uh, a story, is it? Uh, right. Well, um, I auditioned. It was about mid-year. It was my brother-in-law's 40th, around June 92. Okay. I had been doing a play down in Melbourne where I was uh, then living with uh, my husband Paul and our daughter Clancy. She was about 18 months old then. I had done this play and Bob Weiss, who was and still is, I believe, a well-known producer for the ABC, was casting a show, uh, a miniseries called Seven Deadly Sins. And he asked me if I would audition for the role of the other girl who was I was in the play with, Belinda McClory. She was asked to audition. I was asked to audition for her as her mother. And it was Envy in the series The Seven Deadly Sins. This was the particular episode, Envy. Anyway, I went along for the audition. I was told, actually, that Envy had been already cast... And I'll get back to that because that's a funny story too. But when I I turned up, I was very ill. I'd been to my brother-in-law's 40th and I had got food poisoning from dodgy food. So I was walking into walls, Lee. I hadn't eaten for three days. I could barely remember my name, (laughs) let alone. um, Yeah, I was really, really ill. All the things you're told not to do from drama school. You know, don't make excuses. Don't be sick. And I was very sick. Show must go on. Yes. So anyway, I struggled through it somehow. And uh, I got the job um, for gluttony, which is a great irony thing. I I got the role. It was fine. About a week or two later, uh, my agent in Melbourne rang me and they said, "Uh, Mulliners want to see you for this uh, guest role in Home and Away. 
maybe it might go on, who knows, but at this stage it's a three-month guest role. So, so I turned up expecting a cattle call and there was me, Liz Mulliner and three microphone stands. Liz was holding the camera and reading the lines. I was acting to these microphone stands. I'm thinking, this is odd. You know, normally you turn up in the world and his wife's there. Yes. She said to me afterwards, yeah, that was good. I think you'll probably get the role. God, this is bizarre. So I went home. A week later, got the phone call from my agent. Yes, you got the role for three months up in up in Sydney. And uh, we'll send you through a, um, a character breakdown. Now, uh, a cut back to being very sick and uh, auditioning for the earlier role. And the character breakdown was thin, wasted, alcoholic. So because I was so unwell when I turned up for this first audition, they've gone, oh, you know what? I reckon we could. Why don't we ask Lynn McGranger to do that? Because she looks shocker. Perfect. (laughs) Perfect. Thin-wasted alcoholic. So that's honestly how I got the role. I think if I'd have turned up, you know, full of health and robust, like... To be honest, I normally am. They would have gone, nah, she's too healthy. (laughs) The Lord works in mysterious ways. He certainly does. Could I ask you a question that I don't think I've ever asked anybody in this program? Were you a show-off as a child? Let me guess. Lee. You were. You know, I was just about to say, is the Pope a Catholic? (laughs) But he is. It's a religious Um, show. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. I... I think I just used to enjoy the limelight. So I used to put on uh, concerts in the backyard when I was about five or six, wow. make the neighbours pay to come and see me. I threepence. Of course, I'm sure it was just an excuse for my parents to get together with the neighbours and have a, a quiet, you know, ale on a Saturday <laughs> afternoon. Yep. But, um, yes, I was. I, I always loved to perform. And where'd it go from there? You did stand up at one stage. Oh, I did. Yes, when I was um, scary. pregnant with my daughter, because I'd done, I'd done theatre, um, I'd, I'd done cabaret, and uh, you know, I'd put on concerts and done reviews at teachers' college and all that kind of thing. Uh, done a little bit of telling, a bit of um, uh, short film, and so when I was pregnant with my daughter, I'd been around the comedy scene for a bit down in Melbourne, so I thought. Oh, this stand-up comedy looks like a bit of a lark. I'll give it a try. <laughs> so I wrote wow. my own stuff and I figured being pregnant, people wouldn't throw things at me. I was wrong. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, you know, it, it sort of ran the gamut. Like there'd be nights, Lee, where I would be, you know, I would consider myself the funniest human being on the planet. <laughs> there were other nights when truly I just wanted to bury myself oh, a in a hole yeah. because it was so awful. If you were to talk to most stand-up comedians, and I don't consider myself one, I did it for about seven months, and I thought, it's like jumping out of a plane. I you know, bet. I've done I it. Bet. I survived. I don't need to do that again. Makes you resilient. It sure does. Yeah. And, it, and it just made me feel like now that I've done that really... I can do anything. <laughs> After playing Irene for 20 years, what do you love about her? Um, what I love about her is that she calls a spade a front-end loader. Yes, that's right. She's so gutsy. She really 
takes it up to people. She doesn't really care what others think about her. Yeah. I mean, of course, she's human and she loves to be loved. But if she sees that something is amiss or something is wrong, she feels like this is, you know, this is not right, she will take it up to somebody. You know, she'll have a go at Alf Stewart. Yes. She'll have a go at the local 14-year-old. How much of that is in you? Not a lot. Funnily enough, I don't like confrontation. I will always find something very interesting in my handbag if two people are having a go at each other. I'm not very good at having a lid on my anger, something I trust that God is teaching me every day to count to one, but I get the red mist. So I get really angry really easily. People don't think I get angry at all because I seem to go up to nine and a half and then I just go, you know, the, the lid comes off, the steam comes out. Yeah. I just pray every day that God is teaching me to count to one so that I've got that time to just to look at the situation so and not to get angry. It makes you a good actor if you're able to pull that off. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes, it does. And perhaps I'm not quite there yet. Are there things you don't like about her character? I think I would love for her to be a bit more resilient in her faith. She does have a faith, and I know wonderfully Irene's been given the opportunity to pray publicly with others uh, when her children have been in a terrible uh, situation in a plane crash. And the writers wrote that for me, and that was strange. I don't know why they did that. Is that a gift or a sympathy to you, being um, who I you are? I would like to think so. Yeah. I just don't know. But I was really happy to be able to do that. Irene does have a faith, which she calls upon every so often in times of uh, dire need. I would love to see her a bit more resilient in her faith. That's something that the writers would either ask me to do or not to do. How much of a challenge or how difficult or easy is it to live those two kind of lives each week? There's the Lynn McGranger life and there's Irene. Irene is caught in situations sometimes and perhaps if it were Lynn talking, I might say something different. You know, we treat in Home and Away things like teenage pregnancies, drug and alcohol problems. I really believe that the producers of Home and Away have been successful on many levels, but one of the reasons is because they like to reflect society. Okay, we're doing it in a seven o'clock kind of a way, although that has got more and more 7.30 and 8 o'clock, yes. I think the senses become a little more lenient along the way. But we don't try and sugarcoat too much. And I don't think that's a bad thing. Lynn doesn't think that's a bad thing. <laughs> that's good. I don't agree with it always. As far as uh, Irene and Lynn go, Irene treats situations differently to the way Lynn might. Conversely, situations that Lynn is involved in, Irene might treat that differently. We've become so closely... <laughs> Over 20 years, it gets very blurry. Yeah. The lines get very blurry. So why do you think it's such a success, both, oh, I suppose, home and away, here in Australia and overseas? Firstly, overseas, I think the appeal, particularly in England and Ireland and Wales and Scotland and places like Estonia and Norway and Belgium, where it's also extremely popular, mm. and many other countries, I think the appeal of the weather... I yes. think the appeal of the lifestyle, outdoors. of the, the outdoors, yeah. the beaches just there, or stroll through with the, you know, your swimmer's top on and your sarong wrapped around you, because you know, Irene does that a lot and not. <laughs> and, and I think just that appeal of, of um, you know, it's young and the 
freedom and the fresh air and the adventure. There is very much that as an appeal to overseas people. As far as Australians go, and I think we recognise that lifestyle more readily, I just think it's a clever mixture of the writers being just able to take 30 or 40 set storylines and just twisting them every so often. Yes, and Because yeah. they are, you know. There's a teenage pregnancy. There's a baddie in the bay who wants, who's got, you know, wants revenge against somebody. If you look at anyone's storyline, it's been done. But the writers are clever enough to twist it. On top of that, the producers are savvy enough to be able to go, now, people like stationary characters. They seem to love Alf. They seem to love Irene. I'm very grateful for that. Yeah. You know, they love Colleen and they love Leah. They love people who are anchors in the bay around which all the new gorgeous young ones come and go. And I was going to get to that because I'm sure behind the scenes there's a lot of downtime while you're waiting. Yes. There's a lot of mentoring that you've done over the years, I expect. And guiding of people in such an insecure business. Yes. I haven't really consciously done it, Lee. No, no, no. But, but I'm sure it happens. I think maybe subconsciously it's happened around me and I've been there. You know, I give advice where I can. You know, young ones will talk to us about different things and we will try and guide them the best we can. Uh, Ray's another one. Ray Mar, yes. He's, you know, such an iconic human being. And a lovely bloke. And a gorgeous, gorgeous bloke. Lovely man. Doesn't suffer fools. What you see is what you get. He's amazing. And he's another one, I think, who has really been a fabulous guide to the young ones. On Open House, we're with the fabulous Lynn McGranger. Lynn, as I said before, you've always been very open about your faith. How and where did that start? And what's that mean to you? I was churched by my dad. In the Anglican Church, he grew up in the High Church. I went to St Paul's at Cogra. I went to Sunday school, was confirmed when I was 13. I remember going to a Billy Graham concert when I was about 13 or 14 and went down the front, accepted Jesus as my saviour. Didn't really mean a lot to me, though. I remember it was quite a big moment, but I guess it didn't kind of compute. It didn't move from my heart to my head as such. Over the years, I guess, I, I well, I definitely did uh, fall away for many, many years. But I always prayed. I always prayed to God. I always believed in God. There was never any issue about that. Mm-hmm. Even though I may have neglected him terribly for many, many years, I would pray when I needed him. Cup two, probably 2000, give or take. I was living in Kellyville, uh, my friend down the road, and I decided we really should take our children to Sunday school. So um, we started going to uh, the old, what was St Stephen's, is now Kellyville Anglican on Windsor Road, the little old church, which of course now has that beautiful, fabulous big church behind it. We started going there and got involved and uh, I met some wonderful people that I still know. I suppose I could feel God working in me and nudging me. I always said he kind of nudged me along and I did the odd course here and there. And at the back of my mind, I guess I thought, "Mm, well, this is good because I wanted my daughter to get into William Clark too and she was at Sunday school now so again God working in mysterious ways saying to me well you know how about you take your daughter to Sunday school and I'll get cracking on you while yes (laughs) while you're there I used to pray and I was doing courses but I had never really accepted Jesus as my savior I had never really done that 
So around uh, end of 2004, um, my dad was getting very, very ill uh, with cancer. We went overseas to do pantomime, came back. Uh, dad was had gone downhill. Uh, again, you know, praying and uh, going to church and talking with him. Uh, that was actually a difficult thing because even though he had churched me, even though I knew he had a fundamental faith, we'd never really talked about it. Wow. I found it very, very hard, very awkward. So by this stage, Dad had gone into a hospice. He was in uh, Calvary at Cogra. I remember one day I, I could just, I guess, feel God working on me and I'd, I'd prayed about it and I didn't know how to approach Dad. It was a Friday. I said to Dan, do you think you've booked your seat in heaven? They were honestly the words I used. It's a good Because phrase. I didn't know yeah. how to, else to put it. And he kind of muttered and mumbled and, you know, said, oh, well, you know, you know, I've always believed and, you know, you know, John three sixteen, And uh, it's just threw a few phrases at me. And um, I said to him, look, Dad, do you want to talk to somebody? You know, not me, someone who knows what they're talking about. Do you want to talk to perhaps the pastor here or, or my minister or, or the minister of, of the church that he had been going to at Cogra? So he said to me, yes, uh, I would, but two things. He said, can it be in private and can you make it quick? Wow. And I said, yes. So that's Sunday. So that was on the Friday. On the Sunday, I spoke to um, Ross Hathaway our minister at Kellyville, and uh, he said, look, I have got, you know, the mother of all weeks coming up. He said, but I will move heaven and earth and I will pray that I have the time and that God provides me with the time to come down. Well done, Ross. And yeah. he did. Great. So we arranged to meet on the Wednesday. I was running late. Ross was running early. Ross went in to see Dad in private. As Ross left, he was in a hurry. I arrived. He said to me, we had a lovely talk. We prayed. We talked about John 3.16. He said, you know, your father has um, a surprising amount of biblical knowledge. And he had to fly. I went in. I spoke to Dad. He seemed very at ease and contented. And Lee, it was the last time I saw him alive. Wow. That had... Wow. The mo I still get a little bit teary when I'm I talk sure. about it. Um, yes. That had more impact on me and my life because I knew without a shadow of a doubt that God had worked through me to reach Dad, to call Dad back. Amongst many other things that were going on in my life at the time, relationships, uh, my addiction to smoking, whole range of things that were going bad in my life at the time through prayer and through God's constant nudging brought me to a point where shortly after dad's death I asked Jesus into my life as my savior and yes there's been times when I've done two steps forward one step back I don't think there's a Christian on the planet <laughs> that doesn't you're do not that. Alone in that but that was the absolute zenith of my life where everything came together by God's grace. And eternity is at stake. Absolutely. And I know, without a shadow of a doubt, that my father is up there with Jesus and, and God and that we will see each other again one day. And I'm eternally thankful to God for taking me on that journey. I'm feeling choked up myself. What a wonderful story. Can I ask you as a performer in television that's how you're judged tell us how your faith shapes your view of yourself 
and perhaps a, a sense of a bigger picture beyond all the pressures, the insecurities of your business? I think in some respects, my faith has shaped my view of myself apart from my acting, apart from my being in people's lounge rooms for 20 years. I feel a quiet confidence in that, Lee, and I don't mean to sound full of myself, but that is my job. I figure, rightly or wrongly, I must be doing it okay to have been there for 20 years unless there's a terrible dirt <laughs> of sure women in true. their 50s out there who are actors. <laughs> I just, they're still looking. I can't find anyone. But seriously, my view of myself, apart from my acting, is probably more shaped by my faith because I've spent so much of my life seeing myself as a reflection of others. Um, my self-worth has been seen by how other people see me. Yes. And it's something I struggle with still to this very day, even at this ripe old I'm age. I'm sure it's a struggle for most of us. Oh, yeah. it's insane. Yeah. But, you know, it's moments with God, with fellow Christians and with studying God's word by the grace of Jesus that I am learning very slowly that my self-worth should be in God. My self-worth is in the fact that I am a child of God's and that Jesus died for me. I am saved by him. I am saved by grace. It doesn't matter, diddly squat, yes. what Joe Blow thinks of me. I continually struggle with it. It's there in my head. I pray that every day I get stronger with it. Because, again, eternity is in view. Eternity is a snap is, of the fingers. Yes, yes, absolutely. I mean, you know, you're here one minute, you're gone the next. So, you know, we just need to keep our eyes focused above the sun all the time. How much has your family been significant in being able to support you and being alongside you through this? Oh, unbelievably. Paul, my husband, uh, who is not a Christian, he um, has uh, been the most amazing support. I could never have done what I have been able to do on Home and Away, had he not been a house hum husband, a chief caregiver to our daughter Clancy. Because remember, I started when she was 20 months old, uh, sure, as a guestie, but by the time I came back full time, she was still only two and a half. Because now I can't get him back to work. <laughs> <laughs> because now he just thinks, well, that's what I do. I just stay at home and potter around the garden. You're still at computers. work. You're absolutely right. And I wouldn't have it any other way. Yeah. I really wouldn't. What he's, a great support. He's been amazing. And Clancy too. I mean, she's grown up with a working mum and a stay-at-home dad. But you know what? She turned out pretty darn good. I'm so thankful to God for that too. Yeah. She's, she's a great kid. Well, she's a great young woman. She's delightful. And probably headed in your way. Oh, yes. Look, I tried to beat it out of her. <laughs> uh, but yes, she's um, drama school. She's at the uh, Actors College of Theatre and Television at Central. She's in her third year. She sings, she dances, she acts. She's fabulous. And, um, I'm not surprised. I, I just hope and pray that she finds great happiness and contentment in her work. And some jobs too. <laughs> That'd yes, be good, Yes, it? some jobs would be good. <laughs> That'd right. be real good. Okay, so 20 years. You've built up no doubt, this huge fan base across this country and across the world as well. Yes. Have you got a favourite fan moment? Because I'm sure you're recognised in all sorts of places where you think, where's that come from? <laughs> yes. To be honest, Lee, I have a myriad of yes, great fan moments. I could think I could write a book. 
I've had some very bizarre fan moments too, (laughs) some very strange ones, some very funny ones. But I think probably my very favourite, and there are a lot, is that um, we were travelling through Ireland post-Panto. Would have been in the early 2000s because I think Clancy was about 11. First time in Ireland. We landed in Shannon. Plane was delayed. It was dark because it's midwinter. Yes. Picked up a car, driving, have no clue. This was in the days too before sat-navs were a common. So uh, we've got, you know, got the map. I, as a map reader, I make a very good actress. Oh, really? So you can imagine. I'm not going to say anything. I'm not going to say anything. (laughs) No, it's shocking. It's really shocking. So Paul's at the wheel, you know, screaming at me, yelling at me, trying to, where are we going? I don't know where we're going. Here, Glancy, you read it. Anyway, we rung the people that we were going to, that we were staying with, which was heading over towards County Clare on the West Coast. Great. Beautiful place if you've never been there. Yes. And anyway, we ended up in this pub in the middle of Irish nowhere. As you do. As you do. Yes. Walked into the pub and there's all these kind of sea salts, these old salty sea captains, you know, I, with oh. lots of beard and not many teeth. Pipes. And pipes. <laughs> and, you know, really it looked like you're in a movie. And we walked into the pub. Looked up on the screen. I'm there. Oh, you're n- on the screen. <laughs> They've all like you know. It was sort of like um, you know, in the old the Wild West. They hear the door go. They all turn around. <laughs> look, see me standing there. Turn back. Look at the television. <laughs> turn back around. Look at me, and you could see them just sort of gradually pushing their beers away as if to go, oh, no, I've really got to what stop a... this drinking luck. And may God strike me down. <laughs> I was there on the telly and oh. then I'm standing behind them. And, of course, then they just, you know, they're all oh, and the top of the morning to you and it's all, you know, and they're all, oh, come home oh. and you'll be marrying me. Bless. You'll be marrying me. And they say, mm, well, I don't think my husband will be, oh, don't worry about him. You can... They're quite mad. <laughs> oh, yes, yes. But delightful, lovely, warm people. Of course, we made the mistake of saying, uh, we need to get, I can't remember where we were going. Oh, I'll be telling you. The dog, don't be listening to him. I'll tell you. You go down here, you turn left at a cross. Then you go down to the next cross. You turn right because there's a lot of crosses. Yes, yes. You know, in the middle of these Irish villages. Yeah. And so that's their kind of gauge. Of, and, and apologies to any Irish people out there who have just heard my hideous accent. Um, but it was just the most marvellous, surreal encounter. It's a wonderful story. Oh, it was it was wonderful, Lee. And, and um, the people of Ireland, uh, and indeed wherever we've been, have been so warm and so friendly and so hospitable as a race of people, Aussies. I think we're pretty good, but, gee, we could learn, uh, learn a lesson or two from the Irish. They're absolutely wonderful. Mm. Okay, last question. 20 years nailed. How much longer for, do you reckon? Oh, Lee, look, I'm not planning on going anywhere in a hurry. I love my job. My job is just amazing and wonderful. I get the opportunity to go to England, to do pantomime, to work in theatre. I get to come here and talk to you because you know me as Irene. I really have no plans to go anywhere in a hurry unless you know something I don't know. No, 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 no. And you're just going to break it to me Nobody's run me. Look, God willing, as long as the show keeps going, 
uh, as long as people love to watch Home and Away at home and abroad, I would like to think that I'll get carried out of their feet first one day. Wow. You know, well, we'll pray for meet the, my maker. We'll pray for the producers and the scriptwriters because absolutely. it's probably in their hands. Yes, I, absolutely. Yes. Absolutely it is. It has been such a treat to meet with you and uh, talk with you. Thank you so much indeed for joining Thank us. you so much, Lee. Such a treat. Lynn McGranger. God bless. We hope you enjoyed this Open House podcast. Thanks to Christian Super and Real World Technology Solutions. To hear more from Open House, visit openhousecommunity.com.au.